great day to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. Come as we prepare. Um, yeah, the weather is going. We're, we're promised snow today. <laughs> right? Thank you, Brother Abbott, for plowing and keeping. Thank you so much. You know what? I know that just doesn't happen. So we get here and everything's just all clean and just ready to park and walk and no. So that's a blessing. Thank you so much. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go ahead and start with prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you for your word. We are so thankful. Pray that you would touch our hearts and our spirits today, Lord. Help us to just get into your word and commit to just serving and loving and giving and worshiping you today, Lord. We are so thankful. Pray that you would just cover our minds. Help us, Lord, to receive your word with gladness. And bless those that are able, that are not able to be here today, Lord, for bless those that are here in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Today's lesson is called to be holy. And just before we go into the lesson, I wanted to segue just for a moment that we are in the month of December, which is our fabulous month of nativity, Christmas, the birth and celebration of Jesus Christ. And we love it. We feel joy, elation, thanks, thankful. However, there are a lot of people that do not have that feeling. And I just wanted to remind us as a church to be just sensitive and full of grace during this time of year, especially as we fill ourselves and keep full of the Holy Ghost. We're going to see people that are having a hard time and families become stressed. Um, there's a lot of sometimes family conflict. Uh, I know in my family growing up, there was a lot of alcohol abuse. Um, there's a heightened loneliness. Even in our um, hospital setting, we get emails, especially for the extended care and heritage place, just to be aware that if there are patients that are having a hard time or they're out there there's outbursts there's a reason for it so as we go through the holidays we are celebrating and so excited and i'm we should be but there will be those people that are just having the probably the worst month of their life so as we go through this month as christian holy ghost filled people that we would be able to have that sensitivity to share jesus christ appropriately, lovingly, caringly, um, amen. And I know that opportunity will present itself. So wherever it is, it will present itself. And, um, and maybe it's in a shopping time, in a whatever. You know, just go, go in God's grace and let God use you for the kingdom of God. Amen. First Peter 1 Peter 1.15.16, our key verse today says... But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And contrary to what some may think when you hear the title today, Called to be Holy, we're not focusing on things that would be our outward appearance, um, our dress, etc. We're focusing on our inward soul, our inward man, to be Christ-like, 
And our series right now is God's holiness and our holiness. Um, the icebreaker question, and I'll tell you what my husband said. Um, <laughs> I always just uh, chuckle. How do you spot a fake person? And the question is, what characteristics are warning signs that people are not what they really say they are? And I asked him, and he goes, anyone in a trench coat? <laughs> I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> that's, you know, I, that's him. But um, I thought it was a very interesting question. How do you spot a fake person? Um, and what kind of characteristics would be warning signs? What do, you, what do you guys think? It was a really, very, I know I almost didn't even use the question because I wanted to go the other way. I want to go the other way. The Bible tells us, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Probably the best verse in the Bible or verses in the Bible about our fruit would be in Galatians 22, 23. And we can spot them that have the fruit of the Spirit, can't we? We absolutely can. And Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And then I thought, you know what? Why not just break each one down just a tiny bit? Love, and this is the kind of love that God has for his creation. This is that agape love, that pure, selfless love. It seeks the very best in others. And that is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, joy, and in my reading I thought it shared deeper than a happiness or a gladness about our life circumstances. It's this, the word they used, and it's really good, profound delight and rejoicing that comes from knowing and serving our great God. Joy that's set deep inside. And the peace that is unshakable in our inner calm that can be felt in the worst times, in troubling times, and you just feel that peace. And people think, what is wrong with you? <laughs> There's nothing wrong. <laughs> it's good. Long-suffering, Paul describes this peace, um, I'm sorry, the long-suffering or forbearance, patience, that the Holy Ghost um, has this never-ending supply for us that does flood our hearts and gives us this ability to have patience when really, or we should just be like, yeah, kindness. And I love that it says it's a result of love, kindness. And that makes sense. When we grow in God's spirit, we treat others with kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. The goodness of God, goodness of the fruit of the Spirit is an attribute of action. It's doing good for others. And goodness draws people to Jesus Christ. Praise God. Our actions of goodness draws people to him. And then we get to give glory to God. Praise God. Faithfulness, that trustworthy, loyal, constant, dependable, fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, to discern when to use a gentle word, self-control, 
The Holy Ghost gives us the power, the power to overcome our flesh, overcome our negative thoughts. And we, we have to do something about that too, you know. But um, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Amen. So the fruit of the Spirit, I would say, is the complete opposite of the works of the flesh. And it's really easy to identify people who are filled with the fruit of the Spirit. So when the question was presented as how do you, how do you spot a fake person and what characteristics, I always tend to go to the positive and instead of focusing on the negative. And then what, what is a positive in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit? Um, yeah, praise God. That self-control and patience when we have that urge to be real snappy with someone with a snappy, rude comment, you know. Uh, the fruit of peace is displayed when we are able to set aside our worries and give them to God. God promises to do a good work, and we can trust him. And I know today, I just have to say, I'm so thankful for Aaron's surgery that went so well. Thankful for his recovery. Thank God. And I can tell you that the peace of God from before surgery after surgery and has been felt. Kendra and Aaron have felt peace. They have felt nothing but peace. And I attribute that to God, the prayers of the saints. So thankful. And God is so good. So thankful. Yeah, praise God. Gr growing up, my, my mama always said, taught us that we should treat others the way we wanted to be treated. L I don't know if she knew this, but she was teaching biblical principles. <laughs> And I thought, wow, she was teaching us biblical principles. Thank God. Um, Luke 6.31 tells us, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. This is Bible. <laughs> this is the word of God. And it's one of our Christian characteristics, the ability to love others and treat them like the Lord wants them to be treated. Think about that, you know. And so we're talking today living, you know, living in holiness. We're called to be holy. And what that is, is a separation to God Almighty. That is what it is. It's living in a position of gratitude, uh, surrender, sanctification of our hearts and our minds, our hearts and our minds. Um, so the title, when we say call to be holy, many might think when they first see that it's just about a list of rules, regulations, standards, codes to live by. However, I would love to challenge you to just go beyond that and think of the things that set our soul apart for God. What sets my soul apart for God? What sets your soul apart for God? Our holiness that act of being set apart, I don't even think we can go there without even talking about the word reverence. Reverence, the idea of reverence for God, the things of God, and that is basically having that profound respect, love, which makes us honor God. We give him honor. Um, and it started in the Old Testament. God taught the Israelites to show proper reverence by giving them laws to, to purge, keep clean holiness, and, and to worship 
in Deuteronomy 5. And then in the New Testament, this reverence for God is demonstrated by our willingness to voluntarily die to self and obey his commands. Wow. Wow. And Jesus taught the disciples to begin their prayers with, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And hallowed means set apart as holy. That is what our God is. That is Another way we demonstrate our reverence for God is by the way we live. We pursue holiness because he is holy. And showing reverence to him by worshiping him in spirit and truth, our lives, our bodies, we worship God through our lives, our lives every day. And, and God sees that, praise God. As human beings, we were created to worship God. So reverence is a natural response to our hearts, you know, transformation of the spirit. So it's that daily, you know, our Father's prayer, thy will be done, thy will be done. So one of those first steps in our lives for um, just becoming the person that God wants us to be called to be holy is girding our minds. Our minds and hearts are just so connected and are so essential to be alert, careful what enters into our minds because what enters into our minds, the things we see, the things we hear, they become a part of what as we call our heart or our soul. It just enters in so that we can be aware that over time, the things that we come into contact with become part of our thoughts, and then they'll shape our whole lives, our whole lives. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep thy heart with all all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Issues of life. And we're not referring to a physical heart here. In, in this context, we're talking about something that's far greater in respect to our spiritual lives. Our heart is presented as a foundation of our life. For example, Jesus taught that the sin came out of the heart of people, thus defiling them. Yet after we become born-again Christians, one of the characteristics is that we have the law written in our hearts, on our hearts. What does the Bible say? That we should love the Lord with all of our hearts. What is the first and second great, greatest commandment? Love God, love others, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and... Second great commandment, thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments, the Bible says, hang all the law and the prophets. If you've raised children, you probably have shared with them the scripture. We would teach our children to put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul tells us that finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What is the power of his might? The power we get for spiritual battles that is not ours, but God's. It's his power. It's his might. 
we put on the whole armor that we may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. What are the wiles of the devil? They are his clever, nasty schemes to ensnare us to be tempted, to be threatened, and to be intimidated. That's what he does. And some examples of his wiles in scripture could be when we see in Genesis 3 where God's word is challenged. And God, Satan is still challenging God's word, even today. So the first recorded words that the serpent said to Eve were, did God really say? In those four little words, he invited something into the woman's heart that would reconsider what she already understood God to have said. So he challenged God's word. Another example the devil uses his wiles would be to challenge our identity. Who are we in Jesus Christ? And he will use things against us. Two different times this, the Satan tempted the Lord. If you are the son of God, Satan knew exactly who Jesus Christ was. He knew exactly. He still challenges his challenges us today. In 2023, he hits us with a crisis or a battle. If you were a child of God, this wouldn't happen to you. If you were a Christian, you would be doing really well right now, right? Again, we need to put on the helmet of salvation to withstand the attacks of our enemy in this day. Um, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your learns girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It doesn't say, and you might be able to. It says, ye shall be able to. We are given so many promises in God's word. He doesn't just leave us out there to just waller in our own. He gives us a an escape. He tells us exactly how to get out of situations when we're in them, when our minds are compromised by the world. Take the helmet of salvation. The Lord knows that there's an enemy to our souls. Thank God he give us a, re a way to overcome the enemy. It's in the word of God. He never left us without a weapon. Um, we have everything we need. So today, I want to just remind you to be encouraged. Be encouraged in the Lord. Be encouraged in your faith. Be encouraged in your family. Be encouraged in your future, because God is in it. Praise God. That biblical concept of girding in the lesson talked about how strange it is for us today because unlike the Bible times, we don't wear long flowing robes down to the, the ground. And people would, in Bible times, tuck their long flowing robes up into their girdle or their belt so that it would free their legs for movement to get somewhere fast, to do work. Even Peter on the 
fishing boats. He would, um, Peter said, gird up your loins of your mind, he said. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. So when it comes to our mind, we've got to be very vigilant. Our thought life can help us or it can hinder us. And the decisions we make um, in our mind will help us to say, okay, the world is this or God is this. We have a perception of God also by what we think. And you know what? Wouldn't it be great that our thoughts of God come from his word rather than what the world says about God? Because the world will gladly tell you their opposing and oppressive views of God. Um, We see it in movies. Oh, my goodness. We see it in things we read. We see it in our workplace, in society. And we don't have to go too far politically to see that. But we see it. It's just oppressive. This is not God. And this is what people are getting fed to believe that we know how great he is, how awesome he is, how we can respect him and serve him and love him. Has the Lord spoke lately regarding something that might need to be edited from your thought life, from your home, from your vehicle, from wherever? I was thinking, don't, don't let the examples in Scripture where we think, oh, those silly Israelites, they didn't know anything. <laughs> they were told things, don't have idols, don't, don't do this. And they heard directly from God, God's prophet, you know what? Sometimes they ignored it. We don't want to be like that. We have examples in Scripture where God says, do this, and then it wasn't done. And then there were consequences for not obeying and not doing. Um, Remember the king named Josiah? Just a young king. When we um, read of Josiah getting the word of the Lord that he discovered, and When he found the word of God, he responded with repentance and humility. And he promised to follow God's commandments. He was just a boy. Scripture says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the way of David. And he turned not aside to the right or to the left. So his passion after the word of God and hearing it turned into action and he purged the land. He purged the land of idols. And we too today need to have that same passion for the things of God, that passion that causes us to repent and live in humility. Then the question I thought, how are we preparing our minds for battle? We battle every day. The Bible says to be clothed with the armor of God, to withstand such wiles. We've got to be. Um, God can help us live a holy life. And the first greatest thing after being born again, honestly, is just living in his spirit. His spirit 
cleans us, it protects us, it purges us, it just does so many things through that new birth experience. And that whole, our holiness, called to be holy, cannot be separated really from the new birth experience because the outcome of being born again is holiness, is being holy. Peter spoke of holiness, and he said, having purified your souls since you have been born again. Praise God. Being holy or set apart is something that constantly and consistently will forsake sin, will forsake lusts. We will call upon the Lord. We will repent. Amen. Peter quoted in Leviticus, of uh, Leviticus 11.44. He says, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. We cannot be holy without total submission to God. We have to submit to God. And our holiness to God is a lifelong process. We don't just do it in 24 hours. We're done. <laughs> it's an ongoing. It's, we're learning. We're growing. We're living in a world. The world is changing. People change. And we have to submit to the Lord daily. Remember that we're planning for a trip. We're planning for an eternal trip. That's what we're doing in our life. We're living now preparing for our eternal home. There's a song, I'm not going to sing it, but all he wants is you. All he wants is you. No one else will do. Not just a part. He wants all of your heart. He wants all of you. All he wants is you. All he wants is me unreservedly. Not just a part. He wants all of my heart. All he wants is me. All he wants is me. And I thought of another song we used to sing a lot in Kenai. Does your heart still cry this song? Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup. The words in the song, fill it up and make me whole. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Praise God. Throughout the Bible, God spoke to his people and com commanded them to live holy lives. God's word is clear. He tells us that we are to be holy. And he is concerned about the way we live and how we value and esteem and worship him. God is holy. I know we went through a lesson last week beginning with God is holy. Exodus 15, 11, Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? God is set apart from any other being. In the, the prayer that Hannah had, she says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Each one of us have to come to a place where we have fallen in love with God. 
that it's not just a ritual or a tradition that we do the things we do, but we've fallen in love so much that we know how much we love the Lord. Others will see how much we love the Lord. And God's holiness can't compare to anyone or anything. The most basic definition of holiness means pure, set apart. And he is pure. There is no wrong found in God. And I think, too, when we have, um, we're all we're all um, saints for many years here, but when new people are coming in, to understand and just maybe share a revelation about how holy and awesome, um, pure, set-apart God is for that reverence to, co- to just kind of bubble up in their soul and say that he is exalted. He is worthy of our devotion, and he is perfect in goodness and righteousness, and we don't find people necessarily in the world like that. And people, it's a craving when they come around that. At first, I was just so enamored. Just it's amazing that there are people filled with God's spirit that can be pure, There's, that they're good, that they're righteous. Um, God told Moses to speak to the people and tell them, be holy because I'm holy. I am the Lord your God. Holiness is not just something we do on Sundays or Thursdays or Tuesdays or whatever day you set apart for worship in the house of God. It's something that we are called to do and be all the time. So when you're alone, to be holy. When you are with others at church, to be holy. The same. Just be the same all the time. (laughs) When you are in love with Jesus Christ, you will be like 2 Timothy 1.9 reads, who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus Christ before the world began. Beautiful examples of people just declaring how holy God is. Isaiah, in the Old Testament, he declared unto God, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, Almighty, the Lord God Almighty. We are so blessed with the word of God. Hebrews 12, uh, 14, 15 says, follow peace with all men and holiness. Without, no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Wow, what a scripture. That could just be a whole lesson on itself. (laughs) God is supremely and exclusively God. He has no rivals. He is in his own category. There is no one holy like God. There is no one beside him. The Bible calls him the Holy One. We are set apart for God. God commanded Israel, you are to be my holy people, and you are to be holy to me because the Lord, I am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. 
and um, being a parent, my kids probably have PTSD over this scripture, but I loved it so much. <laughs> it's one they learned. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We have to live it out. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? In the Holy Ghost, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We give ourselves over completely to God. Our will, we submit to God in his holiness. Colossians 3.12 tells us to put on then as chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing one another and if one has a, compl- a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so also must forgive. Scripture tells us, he doesn't just leave us, uh, gives us instruction on how to just keep on keeping on, staying strong, standing, the power of the Holy Ghost. As we pursue God in his holiness, our motives, our thoughts, Our life to God is God-focused rather than self-focused. Paul said, I am determined to know him and the power of his resurrection. His goal was to pursue the Lord. However, one thing I do, he said, forgetting the things behind and pressing on, right? I thought of another song. (laughs) Purify my heart. Purify my heart and let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart and let me be as gold, pure gold. Refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. Those songs are just prayerful songs. Just They could be a prayer. They could be a daily prayer. It could be a prayer. The Bible tells us to, and it sounds really aggressive, take captivity of every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It almost sounds like we're using battle language again. It's because we are in a battle. We are in a battle for our minds, for our souls, for our heart. Ephesians 4.20 tells us, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted, by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on your new self. And then I thought, okay, well, let's just go to a little bit of practical holiness. <laughs> just where, this basically is where I would say the rubber meets the road and it's just basic life skills. Uh, you know, reading his word, and we are almost to the end of the year, reading his word. When you read his word, you know what thus saith the Lord, rather than what the world says. And you know and you love his word. Seeking him, and I thought of the beautiful illustration of, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul 
pants for you, God. Um, when we pray, strive for daily repentance. Daily repentance. And I would say forgiveness and forgiving. Obey. God isn't just about the knowledge of his holiness. It's about living it out. It's about doing it. Submitting when we respect to our divine appointed authority, to God. Love. Love what God loves. He knows. We know that he is for us, and he goes before us, and he directs us. And as Christians, we get to live our lives set apart for him to give him glory as a disciple. Amen. And I want to turn to um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 and 19. It says this, And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons <clears throat> judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourn here in... Let me just see if I've got the right scripture. 17, 19. Yes. 18. For so much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Praise God. As valuable as silver and gold is we are redeemed by something far more valuable, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that was the only acceptable payment. So praise God. Humility needs, we need humility. Everything that we need, we find in Jesus Christ to be holy, called to be holy. We find this time and all throughout the year, we have hope, we have faith, peace, love, kindness, patience, healing, confidence in him, self-control, these wonderful things. Praise God. As we go today into worship and celebrating the Lord on this Sunday, God bless you and just enjoy the season, and help others to enjoy the season, those that may just need that extra lift. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.